0: Hello, world! This is Colby Abaz on KTWH LP 99.5 FM in Two Harbors, Minnesota, and streaming online at ktwh.org. Welcome to Energetic Talk, brought to you by a partnership of Clean Energy Resource Teams and Two Harbors Community Radio. I'm excited to bring you conversations about clean energy and get your questions answered by our guests from near and far. This month, we are focusing on our relationship with energy throughout our lives. Today's topic brings our conversation off-grid with my guest, Nick Wharton. Enjoy a little music while I get Nick on the line. I'm pleased to welcome our guest, Nick Wharton. Nick and his wife, Kristen, have both lived in Cook County since 2000. Nick moved here to be a Boundary Waters Wilderness Ranger for the U.S. Forest Service after graduating from Northland College. Kristen moved here to intern at North House Folk School. They met and started a homestead east of Grand Marais and have been living there full-time for the last 12
1: years. Nick and Kristen operate Good Nature Farm, a diversified vegetable farm with a CSA, wholesale, and market sales. They have three kids, the oldest started college last fall, and a 7th grader and a 4th grader. Okay, well, Nick, welcome to the show. Um, let's start off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your homestead there.
2: Okay, uh, well, my name's Nick Wharton, and... Um... We, My family and I, my wife, Kristen, uh, we live out on 20 acres of land that's um, totally off-grid, and it's, um, it's somewhat remote, but we have a road, and we, we drive, we plow, um, but we're, we're totally off-grid. No power lines, no phone lines, nothing like that, So, um, and we, we've been out here for um, going on 20 years, owning the property and um at least twelve years of full time living here and we actually have a, a small CSA farm market farm here too. So uh it's been it's been a long development uh, I guess of the property and yeah it's um we got a lot of interesting things out here I guess.
1: Yeah, we got some beautiful woods. So yeah. for to help those of us listening that kind of aren't very familiar with what it means to be off grid, tell us a little bit about how you get your py- your power when it doesn't come in on a wire or on a pole
2: okay well our um our main power source is solar electricity uh, we have uh, not a big system by uh, some measures, but it's it's enough for our household. We have about 1,400 lots of generation ability with our, our solar and um, that supplies, like I said, the household with uh, I'd say probably 70% of our electricity. The other 30% in particular this time of the year uh, is generator power. So we do run a generator to supplement I guess our solar but there's five people in our house like I said my wife and we have three kids I guess we're down to two now because our oldest just went off to college um, last fall so uh, nice. but still it, we did um, we did have five people in the house and uh, we, it's a fairly modern house and people maybe have an idea about living off grid that you don't have as, as many of the conveniences and by far we didn't at the beginning but uh, we now we we run a a washing machine sometimes and a well pump and you know ceiling fan and all that sort of thing
1: so all the um, electrical luxuries washing machine
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, washing machine was a big one when we got that so yeah Uh, but yeah so that's um that's our our main source. And our our, our backup generator is on an as-need-be basis. We have a, you know, a battery bank that we keep full with the solar as much as we can. And then if we have to, we'll run the generator. Um, and this time of the year, as I said, it's quite a bit more than summer. I mean, we'll go weeks without running it in the summertime.
1: Um, right. There's a lot um, more sun in the summer and a lot longer days. I know I really feel the short days this time of year, yes, yeah, cool, and so you mentioned fourteen hundred watts of production per hour from the panels, but do you have an idea of kind of how much power you use compared to say, a traditional home, which is about six hundred kilowatts a month,
2: six hundred kilowatts a month well we're um I'd say we're using probably uh Maybe up to ten a day uh, at the peak, you know, because we do we do try to run stuff. Um, yeah, I guess I I'm not I don't have a real good comparison I suppose because we run a lot of our electric during the day when the solar is producing. If we can do laundry or vacuum or take showers or whatever we need to when the sun is shining. Um, so I, I guess I don't, you know, I don't keep track at that point if we have enough coming in to just use it. So,
1: right. Cause um, it doesn't have to go in the batteries. You can just use it straight from the panels. So, yeah, yeah, so how much has kind of this off-grid life changed your lifestyle or how much of an adjustment has it been?
2: Well, it was, uh, definitely an adjustment and it, it was, you know, a, a commitment to it as well because um, we're we're actually three miles from the nearest power lines. It it sounds really far out, but it's a county road is where the power line stopped, and then um, we're three more miles. So there's really no chance of ever getting it back here to where we live. Um, so we really you know made a commitment to it, and I guess um, it's you have to think a lot more about when you do things like I was saying, when the sun's shining, you use the power and how you do things. Um, and you, you know, we do give up some ease of certain things. Our main heat is wood. We do have some propane, but there's never going to be any electric heat. Oh, you know? Wood
1: is so like... nice to heat with anyways. <laughs> like, oh, there's nothing that beats standing in front of a wood stove. Exactly. Yeah. We really get warm that way. Really feel it. So, um, and we cut our own firewood
2: out here. We've we've had um, pretty much all the wood we need uh, that we can get here on the land. Um, so there's that. But uh, our kids, I think, are really getting a, a different perspective growing up in this house than than their friends and peers because they're very aware of how much power they use. They and um, they can do certain things at certain times. So. And maybe it's, a, you know, a little more nagging from the parents, turn off the lights or, <laughs> right. you know, no, no movie right now. There isn't enough power, something like that.
1: But, yeah, I grew um, up in an off-grid home, and I remember we had coupons for, like, 15 minutes of watching. I think it was, like, uh, Magic School Bus. And so we had the coupon, but then we also had to go down and check the power and make sure the batteries uh-huh. were above a certain level. And so we'd run around the house and turn off all the lights and all the loads to try and get it to bounce up just a little bit so that we could watch our magic school bus. And yeah, uh-huh. definitely yep. made me very closely related to energy and I think was part of the inspiration for why I joined Clean Energy Resource Teams. So,
2: Yeah, that's great. That's, I think that hopefully that'll serve them well in life, um, be more aware of the resources that they're actually using
1: that up here so. yeah so what made you decide to go off grid i mean it sounds like your location dictated it to a large degree but were there other factors that kind of other than the location that made you decide to take that life choice
2: um i guess it was i was somewhat inclined to to try to get um further out and get get away from power, so to speak, or the power lines and everything, we, um, I don't know, I, I, I went to school over at Northland college and I learned quite a bit about, you know, energy production and, um, just the impacts on, on the environment and just felt like I, I would give it a try at least, uh, and, and see if, if I could live off grid and see what kind of minimal. Needs I could get by with, and as things progressed with life, we've obviously needed more, but um technology is progressing too, and I feel like you know now it's a, it's a lot more um easy to get into some of the the solar technology and stuff than it was when we started as well but right uh yeah i I don't know it's just some of the some of the environmental ideas and benefits as well as somewhat. The challenge of it at the time. I was in my early 20s when I bought the land and it just seemed like it was a really nice piece of land. It definitely, we didn't set out with the intent of farming necessarily. That's been more um, developing along the way, but it it just, it was the place I wanted to be and this is what I had to do to be here. And and then um, I met Kristen here in, in Cook County in Grand Marais and we both sort of set our minds to it. And I guess. Uh,
1: nice. Yeah. And now it seems like you're living it in the lap of luxury and really enjoying that life.
2: <laughs> yeah. A lap of luxury might be a little bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> we're definitely a lot more comfortable than it was at first. And that's, I guess something people should keep in mind that it's uh, to, to start a, a homestead, from scratch off grid, especially, um, yeah, it's, it, it definitely won't be comfortable at some times you'll have to be going out when it's negative 20 and trying to get the generator to start. So the batteries don't die and
1: yep. um,
2: that sort of thing. So, but it's, it, it, you know, it's getting better every day. Like I was saying, the technology and the price and everything seems to be getting better.
1: Yeah. I know installing solar has plummeted in price. And so, I mean, you could probably get a system your size for quite cheap. And it is also quite impressive. I've noticed that off-grid solar systems can now like be sized and built big enough to like run air conditioners if that's important to you or like kind of meet whatever needs you might have. And so it really then just comes down to kind of what sort of lifestyle you're looking for, but then also cost, of course, is a factor. But I guess in your case, it probably would have cost Thousands of dollars to get the grid wired out to you. So, hey, yeah, that yeah, makes a solar ten, system tens of a lot cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah that's one yeah. of the things I've been musing about lately as far as the grid on a bigger scale, as far as for rural low density areas like where you're living doesn't make more sense for everyone to be off grid so that we don't have such a high infrastructure cost for all those miles of line because I know Cook County has a very high mile of line per customer and that really eats into the kind of profitability and just the ability to charge reasonable rates and stuff so
2: yeah that that makes sense and- um boy if we had the option to hook up to the grid it'd be a tough choice now at this point i guess the the farm and some of the needs there may have pushed us to do it if it was available uh, as far as refrigeration and stuff like that and and we are we do look to expand our system or possibly i ideally our long term goal would be to build another building that is more devoted to farm purposes and have it as well, have a freestanding system for that building. Mm -hmm. So, um, which at, at this point might be a lot more reasonable than it was at the beginning.
1: Yeah. No, technology's come a long way, but it's nice to see it's working for you as it is. And there's always that option of kind of adapting it or scaling it up or adding more onto it, especially, yeah, with the farm and the commercial use add a lot more load and electrical need.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: So I suppose,
2: you know, the other idea of hooking up to the grid, we've got friends with with grid-tied solar systems and, you know, that seems like a good idea as well. I don't know if, you know, maybe use the lines that are there and everybody is feeding back into the system.
1: Maybe
2: we'd be better off in a rural location with a little more stability and not, not depending on one line coming into the county as it is right now for everybody to get their power.
1: Yeah, no, that grid tie is definitely a really good solution for folks that already have that connection, but it causes interesting complications on the utility side of balancing load and all that stuff, which is something that we'll probably get into further down the road road in this energetic talk program and dive deep into kind of what it l- looks like for the utility scale of moving to a 100% green and clean energy utility. So okay. lots, lots of exciting stuff. And in, also in that space, a lot of interesting new technologies coming to the forefront. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's complications on the other end. Once everybody's feeding in, taking out coming from all different
1: directions. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Energetic Talk with Colby Abaz on KTWH 99.5 FM radio with a lake view. Today we are talking with Nick Wharton about life off the grid. So let's get back to the interview. So what's the biggest difference you've noticed kind of living off-grid versus connected to the electric grid? And I mean, it sounds like you've been off-grid for so long that but I'm sure you've got neighbors or friends and have that yeah kind of one annoying thing you're like oh gosh I wish this was different
2: uh yeah there's I mean I could come up with a list of annoying things probably uh, (laughs) oh gosh you're (laughs) really
1: selling this off-grid life
2: (laughs) yeah I mean it's nothing that that is uh you know we're not suffering because of it but I can think of one on a cold morning like this, it would sure be nice to just plug in the block heater on the car without having to think about it and making sure that the car starts to take the kids to school. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, uh, dishwasher, that's there's another one. And we we might be able to make that happen at some point, but um, we haven't had a dishwasher since we've lived out here, so...
1: Yeah, I know I, I hand wash my dishes as well, but supposedly with the kind of newer dishwashers that are kinda of energy star and such, they actually use less water than hand washing. So No way. Yeah, wow. that's pretty pretty wild.
2: Yeah, that is. Well guess guess that might push us even closer to it. <laughs> my uh Kristen's looking at me now saying, Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-oh. I got to be careful what Pandora's box I've opened up. <laughs> so, what's something that was unexpected about life off the grid?
2: Unexpected. Hmm. I have to think about that one. What's unexpected about it? Well, I guess the it, it wasn't totally unexpected, but it's come into clarity a little more um, as as the years has gone on, people who are hooked up to the grid, they lose their power, you know, we, we hear about power outages. Um there's been some big ones in the middle of winter up here and, you know, people with electric heat are are in trouble at that point. Right. And that's that's something we've come back to a number of times, feeling like um, even if it's the generator, I guess, that we have to start, but even without that, we would still have some power at, at some point. So um, that was that was something we, we didn't necessarily expect, but also appreciated.
1: Yeah, throughout this, pretty fun when you're kind of doing your normal electrical use stuff and listening to the radio or whatever, and then you hear, "Oh, power outage across the community!" and it's like, uh-huh. oh, "Not for me, <laughs>
2: not locally, not right here." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know one thing I enjoyed growing up was we have a wind generator, and so we would disconnect it from the power and turn off the power during thunderstorms so that it didn't get hit by lightning. And so we like, that was the one time we didn't have power, but then it's like this beautiful thunderstorm, and so you sit in the dark with a couple candles and watch the lightning and yeah, it was always quite fun. Get to count from the flash to the thunder to see how far away it is, so whether you could turn the power back on or not.
2: Yeah, mm, that sounds nice.
1: So what is something you would want folks to know if they are considering off-grid life or yeah, something that they might not think of otherwise but would be important for them to think about?
2: I guess I would... I would go into it now but probably with a little more strategic planning with it, and thinking about your your future needs, your your current and future needs, and and thinking you know it, are you going to be able to create a situation where you're not struggling to meet those needs, and if you're not, then maybe it isn't the right choice. But if if you feel like you can you can meet your needs and you might have to make a few sacrifices but um if you feel like you can do it then it's it's really not it, it's not a limiting lifestyle i would say there are things you have to think about that you don't in other grid tied situations but it's um it's not as it's not the limiting factor in in life at this point, I'd say.
1: Right. Yeah, it doesn't stop you from doing anything, but just makes you a lot more connected and aware of your electrical use and kind of how much something is using.
2: Yeah. And your your story about the wind generator, that made me think of uh, uh, another thing with the solar that was kind of surprising, pleasantly surprising, is that it's actually incredibly maintenance free. Um, the the batteries adding water to our batteries because we still have lead acid batteries. I'm looking forward to someday getting some lithium ion or some new technology there too. But adding water to the batteries and sweeping snow off the panels—it's pretty much the only maintenance we've we've ever had to do on our system. So
1: that's um, pretty that's, easy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that part was that was surprising as well as, uh, you know, definitely a pleasant
1: surprise. And I know there's batteries you can get that are the lead acid that don't require watering. And I know a lot of installers and contractors that I've talked with generally install those so that if the homeowner doesn't have that kind of knowledge about the battery system, they don't have to do that maintenance step and possibly damage the Uh, batteries if they miss it that makes sense the sealed lead acid
2: batteries sure
1: yeah. Yeah. so it sounds like you have the kind of flooded lead acid batteries which have been i mean the technology to use for probably 100 years i think at this point but lithium ion is lithium ion is all the craze now um, if somebody was just starting up a system now or like if you kind of add that new building and that new system uh, do you imagine you'd use lithium ion batteries
2: I would like to I, I still would need to do a cost benefit comparison there but I think the cost is coming down and the the limitations of the lead acid type battery is um becoming you know more evident compared to the lithium ion so if the if the cost was affordable and we could get what we needed then yeah I would do
1: it. Yeah. I know the cost has gone down, and they do have some, some nice advantages of being able to use more of the capacity of the battery and a little bit more flexible to cold temperatures than the lead-acid batteries. So.
2: Yes. Yeah. Cold temperatures are definitely a factor
1: here. So. Yeah. You know those Minnesota winters.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Haven't been too serious this year. Knock on wood.
1: I know. Yeah. It's no. been it's been a lovely winter. At least we've got, had some snow. That's right. So, what is is there any last kind of thought or message you'd like to leave with our listeners or? Mm,
2: last night, um, I guess I would just say, do your research and and really think about it before you get into it. But it's certainly an achievable lifestyle. And it's something that we feel good about. It's it's something you can feel good about when you are making your own power and not relying on the, the grid, I guess, to, to get what you need.
1: Yeah, cool. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for being on the show. And I hope you continue to power off that sun and Get that dishwasher one of these days.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that'll be a good day. Uh, Thanks for talking to me. Sounds like you got a good program going on here.
1: Cool. Well, thank you. That was Nick Wharton talking with us about life off the grid. Tune in again next week when we will continue to explore our relationship to energy with our guest, Michael Overend talking about solar and energy efficiency at work. Next month's theme will be driving into the future of transportation. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, please email them to colby at cleanenergyresourceteams.org. Thank you for joining us in Energetic Talk. Special thanks goes to Carlisle Evans-Peck for the theme song and our featured artist, Pig's Eye Landing. I hope you enjoyed listening to KTWH 99.5 FM. And we'll tune back in next Thursday at 7 p.m. on the air or online at KTWH.org. This is Colby Abbas signing off.